Welcome to the 517 Business and Life Podcast. I'm your host, Mary Gaida. Today's podcast is brought to you by M3 Group, a full-service marketing and branding agency. Discover the M3 method at m3group.biz. Our guest today is no stranger to lessons because he's a Mason High School teacher who lives in Holt, Michigan. While he's usually the person teaching the lesson, this time around he may have learned a few. Welcome, Mark Sunderman. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So we'll recap the June 517 Business and Life magazine article so that those who haven't had a chance to read it yet can get a feel for, for the whole story. But obviously, you you learned some valuable lessons recently through a diagnosis. Tell me about that. Yeah, and... Uh... Christmas Eve, we found out that my uh, wife has breast cancer, and ultimately she won the breast cancer lottery. She had three different types of breast cancer in her left breast, um, one of which was uh, aggressive and not very nice, so uh, the treatment for that was aggressive and not very nice. And this is all on top of a, a pandemic that you're dealing with as well. <laughs> That's true. So in your, in your talks with Christopher Nagy, who wrote the article in 517 Magazine, you talked about some things that ultimately sort of changed your, your attitude. Obviously, you go through a lot of different emotions when the love of your life has a cancer diagnosis. So how, how did you feel and, and how did you sort of turn that, that dial on those feelings? There's a certain amount of fear associated with the unknown. And I guess there's a, just a part of me that decided that um, I had to allow myself to surrender to that fear. You know, so much of our lives is spent kind of trying to ignore or, I don't know, downplay certain things, or you, you're like, you know, I can handle this, that kind of thing. But I think the biggest thing for me was just deciding, um, as I was dealing with the pandemic, that, um, like in the article, I've I'm a writer, and so I found myself in the midst of the hero's journey where, uh, during the pandemic, we certainly had to deal with things that were uh, a special world. And so how do you, you know, how do you get out of the special world? The hero always has to slay the dragon. And then um, through that venture, you, you get a gift that you can take with you into the new normal. And so that was kind of how I was playing out the pandemic in my mind, especially as an educator. You know, what what things am I learning now that I can take with me when we get back to, you know, real school? Because certainly what we've experienced last year and change has not been real school. And so um, when the, the diagnosis hit, for me it was, good Lord, here's just another part to that whole thing. Right. And so suddenly, you know, you're having to you tell the world about this diagnosis because obviously they're going to find out. Friends off, offering to shovel, people wanting to, you know, send you messages, bring you dinner, ask questions. How did that make you feel at first? At first it was uh, really overwhelming um, because we really didn't know what it is that we needed. Neither one of us had ever experienced this. Um, and I think one of the 
weirdest things was uh, the amount of flowers we kept getting. And there was at first, you know, some annoyance by it because flowers were not something that I gave Andrea much during our courtship or during our marriage. Mm -hmm. You know, I always felt like "Ah, they're flowers. They're going to die, you know. Um, But it was really, really weird how the presence in our house was a sense of calming and soothing. Um, you know, it was wintertime, so there wasn't a whole lot of stuff growing outside. I think that was part of it. But there was this sense that they were there to provide uh, a sense of calm in the middle of a storm. Right. And uh, pretty soon, yeah, like I was, I, I kind of enjoyed getting them and, and thought about how beautifully intense some of the colors are and how different each of them smell. It was um, meditative in a lot of ways. So you started seeing changes within yourself uh, through this journey. Yeah, there was this idea that um, you needed to find calm in the middle of a storm. And um, the things that people would do, uh, the cards that my wife has kept every single one of the cards that she's gotten, and it's a large, large number. The simple act of somebody coming to, you know, we had really only one really big snowstorm, and knowing that somebody was going to come and take care of the drive and the um, sidewalks, that was, you know, just one less thing that I had to take care of. And so it was... It was beautiful, too, because there was a part of us that didn't realize how much we had gained as a result of just living our lives as far as our social capital, which is what I refer to in in the article. There were just so many people who were doing so much for us, and uh, especially for my wife. She just didn't feel very worthy of that kind of attention. Right. It, you talk about social capital and, and sort of the lessons you learn through this, this crisis on how we can help each other outside of the holidays and outside of pandemics and why it really shouldn't take a cancer diagnosis to, to lend a hand to others and let them know what you think of them. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's, it's interesting what people do when they pull up to an intersection and there's somebody standing there with a cardboard sign. Uh, and even myself. Um, avoiding eye contact, you know, Um, this idea that all of us are connected to one another and um, how out of the cancer diagnosis, we found out just how connected we were. One of the things that I kept thinking about is, well, what about those people who aren't connected? And in what way can, you know, we do something selfless to, help them outside of, you know, starting a nonprofit of some kind. Right. And um, one of the things that we ended up doing was uh, for my wife's last chemotherapy infusion, uh, we ended up buying lunch for the entire nursing staff. Oh, that's um, great. Yeah, on that day, you know, and it was just a small, a small thing, a small gesture. Uh, and uh, you wouldn't believe you know, the, I guess you would, but it was just, they were so grateful for it. But, 
these are people who, you know, their job is to give so much of themselves. And it's just a s small thing that we can do to give back. And so, you know, I'm looking for ways to try to figure out, okay, so now this summer, uh, before I end up going back to school, what are some ways that I can, you know, do that? There's a group in Lansing that um, collects trash out of those, you know, the rain trains that they built downtown Lansing. Right. Yeah. So um, apparently they do that one Saturday a month, but I'd love to be able to be a part of that crew. You know, it's, it's an act of selflessness uh, that I'm doing for someone other than myself uh, that will help the community on the whole, you know, and now it's time for me to kind of take a look at, well, what other things besides that could I do? I know there's this group called Punks with Lunch who also uh, give of themselves and make sandwiches and then uh, distribute those sandwiches in a park in Lansing. Um, and I'm sure there are others that I just, I haven't had a chance to do the research yet. Um, my wife's mastectomy is scheduled for the 24th of June or 23rd of June. And so, um, you know, there's the unknowns facing that right. <laughs> next, next step. Right. I think slaying the dragon. <laughs> many people may assume that, you know, when you ring that final chemo bell, you, you might be all set and don't know that there are so many more parts of the journey. Yeah. And so, um, it's just trying to make it, a priority in my life once that time opens up. Try to take a look at how to bring meaning uh, to others' lives through my selfless acts, but it's also there's something quite calming, meditative about you know doing these things. Right. So that's I, the gift, if you will, that I want to try to take back to this new normal. And it's not necessarily about giving back. It's just this is the way that we should be living as humans. You read a book before your wife's diagnosis about how you should basically live your life. Did that connect with you at that time? Or did it not really hit home until after her diagnosis? There was a lot of... Um, because I ended up getting the book... For myself for Christmas so I didn't start reading the book until after we had the diagnosis okay well that's interesting and, then yes and it's Matthew McConaughey and it's uh, the title of the book is green lights and for me I never I mean I I'm, I'm aware of the man's work and he's certainly a very um, interesting human being but uh, I never really connected with him on any level whatsoever other than, oh, you know, it's Matthew McConaughey. He does the Mercury commercials or whatever. Right. And so uh, reading this book, um, he kept using the word living without the G and without the apostrophe that's supposed to, because I'm an English teacher. Mm -hmm. You know, the apostrophe is supposed to replace the G, bro. Why do you keep doing that? And he was very specific about that. And at one point in time, he says, I know I keep using the word living, 
I'm going to explain it in greater detail a little bit later. And um, turns out while he was filming his very first movie, Dazed and Confused, his father died. And he has this kind of improvisational speech that he ends up giving one of the main characters that is centered on living. And just to make a really long story shorter, the whole point of not putting the G is because it is uh, an action. That living is something that you need to do. And I think one of the things that really resonated very deeply with me about that is that we spend so much of our lives caught up in our day-to-day that we don't spend a whole lot of our lives living. And that's what kind of forced me to kind of take a look at, well, how am I not living now? Um, The cancer diagnosis and the pandemic kind of forced us into a new way of of looking at how things are. And um, I was so caught up in, you know, my life as an educator and the things that I would do there that I wasn't necessarily paying attention uh, as much as I should to my children or to uh, my wife and recognizing and understanding that instead of reacting, we need to be proactive in the art of living. How are we being intentional in our interactions today? And and one of the things I think that's been really, uh, that I'm going to try to continue to do is, uh, my wife and I walk our dog um, sometimes three times a day. And it's um, those walks sometimes where I feel like I'm really living, if you know what I'm saying. I do. So, you know, you're, you're moving forward, you're learning these, these really beautiful things, but you're also a human. So you're going to feel dark sometimes. And, and how do you find the bright spots? I think the best answer that I have for that is to approach the darkness with uh, loving kindness. As human beings, we tend to label everything. You know, and the, the word in and of itself, darkness, has a negative connotation to it, right? Because sure. it's the absence of light. When you approach something, like um, if something is irritated, but you approach that irritation with loving kindness, it's very, very different than approaching something that's irritated with more irritation. So when I found myself in these dark places, Instead of focusing on the fear, focusing on the bad, I try to find and, and, and say to the darkness, hey, it's okay. I know that you're here. I love you anyways. <laughs> and I know this sounds so, for me to say that just sounds weird, but that's the only way that I've been able to move forward. Otherwise, I think I just would have found myself stuck in the mire and and not be able to to do anything with it. So how is your wife doing? Uh, She's doing quite well. Um, She just had an infusion yesterday of uh, one of the drugs that she couldn't get um, during 
uh, the regular treatment. There was something with the shipping on that snow day or something that we had. And um, unfortunately, it's one of the ones that plays havoc with her sensation of taste. So while she was <laughs> hopeful that before her mastectomy, that, you know, for some of these upcoming um, open houses that we've been invited to, she'd be able to enjoy the buffet. Right. But, uh, you know, it, and again, it's, it's, you know, how do, how do we approach these things right. um, to, to make it a better ride? But um, the tumor that was the most aggressive form um, in her most recent um, examination by her oncologist, she can't find it. Wow. And so, yeah. So we've, you know, the, the, the way they treat cancer, breast cancer especially now, is so different than 10 years ago. 10 years ago would have been a different diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And uh, the Herbert Herman Camp Cancer Center is just an amazing place um, that we have right here in Lansing. You know, we didn't have to go somewhere to get uh, the kind of care that we're getting. And so, um, you know, the, the progress that we're making now is really, really positive. And um, she is a candidate for reconstruction during her mastectomy. And so, um, you know, we just got to find that light in the darkness and keep moving forward. Amen. Well, these are these are wonderful things to hear. I'm glad that that things are uh, improving as you move through this journey, and that you've got some some light. And I think that's a, a beautiful thing. And I love the lessons you've learned. So, what is next for Mark Sunderman? I know you took time off uh, from teaching to spend this time with your family. Will you go back in the fall? Oh yeah, for sure. And um, the, there's. A gift that I'm bringing back to my students, um, one of the things that I think all of us in education have learned is that uh, the way that we've been educating our students may have worked as a uh, one-size-fits-most. Um, and I think what we're now learning is that it, it's more of a one-size-fits-a-few. <laughs> so uh, as an English teacher... You know, uh, most of the kids I get, they know how to read and write. So what are the life skills uh, that I want to spend more time uh, practicing and assessing that these kids are going to need uh, in order to live in uh, the 21st century world? And I'm, I'm thinking about the skills of collaboration and teamwork problem solving, communication, you know, those are the things that I'm going to be more intentional about in my teaching uh, when I start in the classroom next fall. And yeah, you know, learning how to cite textual evidence to support an inference. Yeah, that's important. <laughs> uh, defining a word in context. Mm -hmm, sure. When you don't have your phone, you know, to look it up on Google. So, um, yeah, those, those things are going to be in there. They're just not going to be the primary, you know, and I think that's the gift, uh, that this journey has given me for that. And then, uh, it's a very tough business to get into, but I am 
uh, working really hard on uh, right now a science fiction drama script about how this story has picked me and I have to get it out but um, you know it's a it's about these uh, 12 people who are brought back into a collective past of 24 years so it's June 2020 12 people put their hands into a wormhole and they wake up and it's 1996 <laughs> so it's 24 years in their past but they remember everything that's happened for the next 24 years and um, the thing that you know they have these wants, these characters have these wants, but when they act selfishly, that causes roadblocks to come up. And when they act selflessly, then um, they're able to move forward. And so uh, taking some of those lessons that I've learned as a result of this journey and putting them into a story and planning to do as much work as I possibly can to get that story into the hands of somebody who can then distribute that story to somebody who can binge watch it later. I often tell my creative writing students, you know, you're going to elbow your friends when you're binge watching my show and you say, my, my English teacher wrote this, bro. <laughs> so well, that's, that's where I'm headed now. I'll look forward to either seeing it um, as, a, as a binge watch on Netflix or in a, in a major motion picture uh, coming right. soon to a theater near us. Right. We'll continue to send good wishes to your family, your wife, your kids, and, and um, thanks for sharing your whole story with us. Hey, thanks for giving me the opportunity, Mary. It was wonderful having this discussion with you today. And our listeners today to the podcast can read more at 517.com slash issues uh, and look for the June issue of our magazine. Thanks for joining us on the 517 Business and Life Podcast, brought to you by M3 Group, a full-service marketing and branding agency. Discover the M3 method at m3group.biz. We'll see you next time.